It's the Prep Rally Podcast, the only podcast in the state dedicated to prep sports. Brought to you by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Here's your host, Chip Souza. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is the Wednesday, December the 8th edition of Prep Rally, the podcast. I'm Chip Souza, joined by Henry Apple, Ricky Fires, and we always have Leland Barclay down in the River Valley in Fort Smith. Boys got a little, little, little nip in the air on Monday, but a little, little warmer today, but supposed to get cooler again. It's kind of a roller coaster. We're going up and down, up and down, up and down. Just, just as long as we don't go upside down. Yeah. When I go to Branson, and we're upside down, on that's when – you know, I, I've had enough. That ain't a good thing. No. Not a good thing. So, Ricky, did you know today's National uh, Christmas Tree Day? You're supposed to have your tree up by today and have it all decorated. Have you got yours all decorated? Well, I wanted to go uh, get one out in the yard and one in the field in the neighbor backyard, but my wife got something online and we still ain't got it yet. Ah, okay. All right. Uh, you going to get that little geez. Charlie Brown Christmas tree, a little sad little Christmas tree like Charlie Brown? No, she gets a big white one or some all spark. Got the pastels oh, color. Oh man, you gotta have but, that. I mean, I love my wife, but man, uh, uh, I mean, you gotta pick your battles now. You know, Ricky, all I you need is that. a string a little popcorn together and and bada boom, bada bing, got a Christmas tree. I mean, I'll enjoy it, man. I'll get me some uh, eggnog and uh, I'll have a merry Christmas. There sure. you go. There you go. So, Leland, we you saw a lot of football uh, last yes. weekend. Uh, you were in uh, War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock for the Thursday night eight-man inaugural Arkansas Activities Association sanctioned. That's a lot, Henry. That's a lot of that's a lot of words. Take eat, take a breath. State championship game. Uh, <laughs> oh, talking about the finals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Leland, how how fun was that game? That was that eight-man game. Well, of course it was fun. It was probably the best game of the of the four that I saw. Wow. Um, of the, yeah, of the four that I saw, you know, it was 66 to 60, uh, double overtime, which is always exciting. And, uh, you know, it, we really couldn't tell much of a difference, um, you know, other than the sideline being moved in about seven yards. Um, you know, the field's not quite as wide. It's still a hundred yards long. Okay. But a little uh, so more a narrow. lot of plays, it ended up being a three hour, and 20-minute ball game because a lot of plays end up going out of bounds. Now, that game was played on Thursday. Today is Wednesday. Leland is still finishing up the scoring summary for his box score for that game. <laughs> yes. 66-60. See, and that's fun, Ricky. You know, I love it that, that these teams in Arkansas, the small schools, are, and, and some not-so-small schools, uh, are picking up eight-man football. And it's, you know – it's uh, it's just a lot of fun, and and Henry, I think you know as this moves along, I think you're going to see more and more. I think you know eight man football has a chance to maybe get 30, 40 teams before it's all said and done. If some te- schools will go and embrace it. Yeah. Now, I had a discussion with Lance Taylor with the Arkansas Activities Association the other day. Now, this eight man football was designed for those who are struggling with yes. their numbers. In hopes, hey, you can still play football, then get back up and get your numbers up and go below men. But there are a lot of schools that aren't doing that. Yeah. Um, they want to just stay eight men. They just want to stay eight men. Uh, in, in the case of, uh, well, you know, uh, I was been working on the conference alignments for the new cycle. Well, I had to go overhaul class 3A and class 2A because – of all the teams that have dropped out and said, no, we're not going to play 11-man, we're going to play 8-man. Yeah, yeah. And that's that leaves holes in the schedule. And, and uh, what happened to the uh, 4A4 conference, uh, which is Ozark and those folks, is uh, Subiaco 
you know, ch- choosing to go to eight man, and that left holes in the schedule for those teams for the past two years. So they'll they'll plug those holes in the next cycles. They have a, that now they know Subiaco is going to be eight man and not playing eleven man. So they'll have a chance to fill those holes, hopefully. But it did leave holes for every one of those teams in the four A four the past two years. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, Little Rock Hall dropped to eight man yeah. this year, so it left he- holes for even a five A conference. Yeah. Now, this was designed, when I was in Fort Smith years ago, I said, this school right here would be perfect for eight-man, and that was Hartford. Yeah. I always thought Hartford were perfect, and they didn't have it at the time, and, and I remember calling AAA, talking to land, saying, ah, nobody wants it here, and this is about 15, 20 years ago, and of course, they don't have the school anymore, and if you live in Hartford... Uh, 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 you can go play at Hackett. Is that the way it works now? Correct, but yeah. back then, Hartford would have been perfect. Maybe maybe their school would still be alive if they had eight-man football well, back and, then. Well, and, Ricky, we need to give uh, Decatur props on this because Decatur's yes. the one who launched the, the drive for, for eight-man to, to start in the state. Uh, they were able to rally some teams. Augusta, help me out, Henry. Augusta. Uh, Strong. Strong, yeah. Hermitage. Yeah. Uh, Mountain Pine. Yeah. Cutter Morning Star. Um, Cedar Ridge. Yep. So and on and on. Uh, so they were able to to kind of rally the troops and get six or seven, I think, to start with, maybe eight Brinkley. schools to start yep. with, and and uh, so now it's grown to Henry to twenty three. Is that right? I think so. Twenty three schools in the state are now playing eight man football, and I'm I, I'm with you, Henry, on this. I think I think we're going to see more. I think by you know Ricky, it wouldn't surprise me, Leland, to see this get up to more forty you know forty schools at some point. You know, I I think that's a possibility. Now, there's several angles on the eight-man, you know, and you're right. It's designed for the schools with low numbers. Yes. Mountain Pine had 28 players on their roster. That's a lot. That's a lot. It has also kind of become a – if a school can't be and knows they can't be and haven't been competitive, maybe they can be an eight-man. Yeah. I got no and problem with that. Go that route. Yeah, I got no um, problem with and, that. And I talked to, uh, you know, I know Henry had a, a conversation with Lance Taylor. I had a conversation with him, you know, while while we were in the press box too. And it's impossible to police um, a roster and say, okay, the maximum roster size to play eight man is going to be twenty players because then all the school is going to do is cut players. Yeah. 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 And, and keep it under 20 so that they can, if they're looking at it from strictly a competitive point of view. Right. We can't really, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think it can be policed. Um, uh, and, and I think now that it's a sanctioned sport where a school can win an official state title, yep. that may even become a little bit more, uh, you know, of a problem. Now, I know that Episcopal is going back to 11-man. I think Hall is, too. They just and Hall one year. is, too. Because, and, and Hall legitimately, uh, because of the kind of the, um, I guess, the new direction of the school is going, they had 13 players this summer. Okay. So okay. They, they legitimately, um, they and they still wanted to play football. They could have just said, we we've only got 13 players. We're kind of going a di- new direction with our school. Um, and you know, Southwest opened up, so we're not even going to have football. So kudos for them for at least even wanting to play. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Eleven man football, and so I think the uh, several different ways we can look at it. I'm not sure that there's a, um, I mean, a great way to 
police it and make it where schools aren't just jumping into it, uh, you know, just to be competitive. Yeah. Well, in the next year, now the AAA will sanction it only for class 1A and class 2A schools. Be two state champions next year? No, one, no? just one. Just one. Okay. No, no, 1A okay. and 2A will be together. Okay. There will not be a class 3A state championship. Okay. If you're going to play no. eight-man football no. and be a class 3A school, you're on your own. On your own. So that's you, yeah. you can play it, and they'll even set you up a schedule, and you can okay, play like those that. smaller yeah. schools, but you will not be competing for a sanctioned championship. Gotcha. Good. So that and that. So we had that Thursday night, the eight-man championship. Then we go to Friday, uh, Leland, uh, good game, Pulaski Academy, Whitehall in the five-a state championship game. The beat just goes on for PA. Yeah, it's um, you know we'll see um, what happens when they go to six a. Uh, you know, of course, you know, Little Rock Christian's going to 6A. Catholic's dropping down to 6A. Right. Uh, so it will be interesting because next week the board of directors will get together and decide uh, the conference alignments. Gotcha. Which gotcha. will be very interesting in 6A because obviously it's going to be 10 and one, nine and the other. Yeah. Yeah. So speculation is that the 10 is going to be on this side, but there's even talk among the coaches of doing instead of an east-west split of doing a north-south now okay. i don't see any way in the world that can work geographically yeah, yeah. because Van buren and west memphis may be on the uh, in the same conference so wow. i don't see any way that a, that a north-south would work no but uh, what that's going to mean is basically one non-conference game for possibly van buren Siloam, greenwood yeah the west teams um, so there's uh, 5A was Pulaski Academy. Now, Leland, in 6A, Greenwood uh, got into the championship game. They rebounded from a couple of losses early in the season, a couple of conference losses, got back to the championship game where they took on El Dorado, a team that we talked about was kind of a little under the radar, uh, a team that finished behind Jonesboro in that conference. But, man, El Dorado, Leland, I watched a good bit of that game uh, Saturday morning. El Dorado was legit. El Dorado was legit. I would love to have seen, and this is what I hate about the 7A-6A split from, you know, 16 years ago, 15 years ago. I'd love to see an El Dorado-Bryant game or an El Dorado-Fayetteville game, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But I'm not going to get that. I would have loved to have seen a couple of those uh, Texarkana teams with Dennis Johnson on them yeah. playing the 7A champion because I think most years the 6A champion – could compete and maybe even beat, maybe even beat the 7A uh, champion. But, uh, you know, the game, you know, we kept sitting there watching that game. And, yes, El Dorado was legit, and they dominated that game on the field. They did. But, but we look up at the scoreboard, and it's 14-10. to 10 Yeah, Greenwood had Dorado a chance. At yeah. halftime, and Greenwood's getting the second-half kickoff. So we're, up, we're in the press box, and we're talking about, how as much as El Dorado dominated that game, Greenwood, if they come down and score to t start the second half, they can take the lead. Exactly, exactly. But uh, that didn't happen. El Dorado, they knocked out Greenwood's starting quarterback, Hunter Houston. Um, <clears throat> that was a big loss for Greenwood. Uh, offensively, they struggled, but that's, a lot of it was because El Dorado was just very good. Especially their front three, yeah, front four defensively. Man, they were good defensively. They had a linebacker. I mean, he was 6'3", 250, Ooh. and 
and he looked it. Man. So, uh, but major props to Chris Young. He was able to, to uh, you know, his team was injured a lot during the season. They overcame a lot of that, overcame some setbacks in there. Um, he, he, you know, got them back to the state championship game, which, a te- which is a testament to how uh, good of a coach that uh, Chris Young is. So major props to them. They came up a little bit short in a repeat, uh, trying to get that repeat in 6A, but, but what a heck of a job that, uh, that he did this year. Oh, absolutely. You know, the- they never the first two games of the year they had over 700 yards of offense and then injuries took over they played north side within a brutal physical game uh then they went down to little rock and played parkview another physical team yep and and ended up like you said getting back to war memorial stadium which is just absolutely um just a will um for the ages for those players and coaches to get back because they were down to their fourth string running back uh, by the championship game. Yep. Of course, they lost Hunter Houston late in the second quarter, and it wasn't a vicious hit or anything. He got hit after throwing a pass, and his head went back and hit the turf. Yeah, concussion protocol. And he was out. Yep, yep, and he was out the rest of the game, and then they lost a receiver uh, later in the game, and it's just it's amazing. Yep. That Greenwood was even in the state championship game. Then we skip to Friday, Saturday night's 7A state championship game. Three-time defending state champion Bryant against Fayetteville, a team that was 4-7 and seven a year before. Uh, a Fayetteville team that we said would be the most improved team in the state in 7A this year. And, Ricky, they were the most improved team in 7A. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, and Leland and, I, Leland and I talked about this, this was a game Fayetteville I'm going to say this, Leland. Fayetteville should have won this game. They should have won this game. Now, Bryant, give them the props. They they made the plays that they had to make. Yeah, I'm telling you, the eyeball test, Fayetteville was the better team. Isn't – didn't Fayetteville come with – if they – if Bryant doesn't make that fourth down pass there real late, I think it was fourth and something, and they completed pass for like 20 yards, and then they eventually scored. So, Fayetteville came within – I guess, can you say within a fourth down stop of a winning state championship? Would that be uh, accurate? Fayetteville had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to to drive and and, and win the game. They did. I'm talking about before. We we had the feeling, even when, you know, because Fayetteville took that 38-35 lead late, which was the first lead of the game. Yep. And we thought, wow, okay, this is is it. Fayetteville's going to win this. And, man, give – Bryant credit, yep. they drive down and take the yes. lead, but they still leave enough time left that I thought, boy, you know, with the season that Fayetteville yeah. has had and yeah. explosive as they are, Fayetteville yep. can come back and win this game, but it was their fifth and final turnover yeah. that kind of yeah. that kind of sealed the win for Bryant. Exactly, but what a great year that Fayetteville had. Uh, they played a very tough non-conference schedule, which prepared them, I feel like, they won their first Conference championship since 1963, first outright conference championship. They won two fighting playoff games and come from behind fashion uh, to get to the final and uh, just came up a little bit short. But what a tremendous job that Casey Dick and those guys did with the, with the Fayetteville football team this year. Well, and what an exciting team to watch as well. Yes. Fun team, yes. yes. And a great story for Bladen Fike to yes. come back and really the whole team from what to come back from what they did and how last season ended, um, it, it was just a it was a storybook season for them and almost a storybook finish. It'll be an interesting year next year, Henry, in the 7A West because Fayetteville loses 
the majority they, they lose the majority of their offense for sure. Defensively, they lose Caden Turner, but defensively, they also return some good players too. So Fayetteville next year could be a team that's built more defensively than they are offensively. Uh, Bentonville, Henry should be pretty good. They're going to have, in my opinion, the best running back in the conference, and Josh Ficklin will be back. Mm-hmm. So Bentonville will be back. I know they, uh, the quarterback who was tr- uh, kind of took over toward the midseason. Carter Nye. Yep. Uh, so they'll be a team to watch. They lose Chas Nimrod, lose uh, Cooper Smith, two very, very good receivers. But Bentonville will be good. The team I think to watch next year in the 7A West is going to be Bentonville West, which again, you know, Brian Pratt, the quarterback whisperer with, that he is, he had a sophomore, took every snap for him this year, Casey. Uh, Casey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be back with a year under his belt. Bentonville West, in my opinion, is going to be the team to watch in the 7A West next year. Yeah. Not to mention, they'll have Carson Morgan back in the running as a running back, and he was a good runner this yeah. year. Uh, a lot of youth was on, you know, he'll have Ty Durham at wide receiver. Yep. Uh, there was youth all, all over, over that place, yep. and yeah, uh, they'll they, just get yeah. older and get better. They'll be good, and they, they were they took their lumps this year because they were a young team. But but you know, you 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 bet that Brian Pratt they they learn from that, and they'll be a much better team next year because of that. I tell you, uh, team, I'm going to be interested and in keep my eyeball, and that's Rogers Bonnie's under Chad Harbison. They be went, one. they were down uh-huh. for years and years, and then under Coach uh, Lloyd last year, they had a winning season, and they did a great job this year. I think Chad Harvinson is one of the outstanding young coaches in this area. And now let's see if they can uh, uh, keep that momentum going or are they going to drop down like they had did, uh, have done in years past. So Rogers Mountain is the one I'm going to be eyeballing. Looking at, forward to it. Yes. Now, Leland, let's drop, drop down to Class 4A where they played the semifinal games last week. I was at the Shiloh Christian uh, Arkadelphia game. I've covered a lot of football games in my career uh, Leland, this was maybe the cra- one of the craziest games I've ever seen. It wasn't crazy like when they played Nashville that year and they got down 35-0 and came back and won. But this game, every I mean, there was it was back and forth, score, 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 and it ended up Shiloh Christian ended up winning at 57-54. How long did it take you to do them stats? My goodness, uh, I couldn't I'm have done still, it. Still working on them. Still working <laughs> on them. It's uh, it was crazy, uh, but Shiloh Christian. Uh, you know, what a, what a comeback they had in this game. Uh, they were down uh, and came back and drove uh, about just a little, little less than 60 yards in three plays in the final. It took, them, it took them 20 seconds, Rick, to get down the field. Three rushing plays, and they were in the end zone and scored, and that's how they won it, 57-54. Uh, but, man, what a great team Arkadelphia had. And I'm going to tell you what, their quarterback, Donovan Witten, I was so impressed by him. He's a junior. He will be one to keep an eye on for next year, Leland. I think he was right about 4,000 yards passing or something for the season. It's some some big number like that. Yeah, he had a monster season this year. I, I kept up with his numbers all year. And, of course, Jason Davis, the running back, was yes. fantastic. I know he left the game with an injury. He did, and that was a big, big, big factor in that game. Uh, it's interesting, uh, Rick, in that game, Jason Davis, their running back, and I'm going to tell you what, Leland, that dude, that, well, he's a dude now. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a dude. Uh, about 6'2", 225. Looked like Earl Campbell back there, Rick. I mean, he was just carrying guys for six, seven yards at a time. Shiloh Christian brought in a player. They brought him up. He was a freshman. <clears throat> this this will – 5A West coaches want to pay attention to this because this is what you're going to deal with next year. They brought a freshman in. I think his last name is Ball, I think. Uh, well, he came in and balled out. 
They brought him in, put him at the defensive line at like at nose guard. Now, this kid's about six foot 200 himself, freshman. Went through, basically unblocked through the line and planted Davis in the backfield. I mean, planted him into the ground. And uh, Davis was hurt on the play. Never was the same after that. He played a, maybe a, maybe six or seven snaps after that. Um, just wasn't the same. And uh, that was a huge factor in that game for, uh, for Shiloh to, to come out with that win. Now, let me tell you, you guys talk about these big, hulking, specimen, physical guys. Let me talk about a guy more that I love, and that's Ben Baker. Yes, sir. He's not going to scare you. No. I mean, you see him, and you say, eh, who's that guy? He's not going to scare you, Rick, but guess what else he's not? He ain't scared. No, not at all. He wears number 13. Yep. Um, You know, he doesn't look like a – you know, he's not going to intimidate you out on the field by the way he looks. But, man, the way he plays – and I, you know, basically copied your story for my player of the week. He was our player of the week, uh, over 200 yards rushing, what, four five, or five touchdowns? Five TDs, yep. Uh, special teams, playing uh, defensive secondary. I talked to uh, uh, his coach, Jeff Conaway. He said one of the best uh, performance by a Shiloh Christian running back in their history, which says a mouthful. But I love this kid. Uh, he ain't no bigger. Uh, what is he? Five ten or something? Oh no, he's about five six. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Is that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I just saw his, yeah. the, the shot in the paper, and he looks big, like yeah. a big, a uh, little bit bigger. But man, I love that kid. Love the way he plays. He'd do anything. And I don't know if he's going to play college ball, but he sure is a great high school football now, player. Now, Rick, I'll tell you another one you would love this Friday night. Little Jacob Solomon. And when I say little, this kid goes about a buck thirty. Okay, he's a buck thirty. And of that buck thirty, probably twenty pounds of that is just the pads, the shoulder pads, and <laughs> helmet. Okay, he made pro- one of the biggest plays in the game. Shallow Christian's behind at halftime because they've thrown a pick six and thrown another interception that led to fourteen points for Ash uh, for for uh, Arkadelphia right before the half. It turned to get completely flipped the game around to their favor. Shallow Christian got the ball to start the third quarter, and they were moving down the field, but they were not crisp. They were, I mean, they were, you know, facing a couple of fourth downs and just barely getting, you know, whatever they yeah. were moving. They were, they were facing a third or fourth down and long, and uh, Wisdom was under a big pass rush all night long. He throws a deep pass, and somehow Solomon, I think they lost him. I think they lost him on the field, which was not hard. They uh-huh. lost him. He ends up getting behind the defense and hauls in this pass. He had to lay out to make the catch, a tremendous catch, and comes down with it and set up a little short touchdown. He was big. He ended up catching five passes the other night. They were wow. all big and also had almost took a kickoff to the house. There was a holding penalty. He had taken it from about his five to the Arkadelphia, about 15. Um, the holding penalty or blocking the back or something brought it back. But this kid made a huge impact in this game for Shiloh. And, he's, and, and they need every bit of their contribution. Absolutely, absolutely. So Shiloh Christian ends up winning that game 57-54. They're going back to uh, War Memorial on Saturday at 630 where they're going to take on Joe T. Robinson. And this game, Ricky, could be the same thing. It might be 51-50 Saturday night. I'm not really – how about Leland? Have you seen Joe T.? I have not seen them. Uh, I know, I know of them. a lot of players off last year's team. Yeah, it will be should be a good game. Uh, so that's the, your 4A championship game is Shiloh Christian against Joe T. Robinson. That'll be at 6.30 Saturday night at War Memorial. The 3A championship, Boonville had gone to Harding Academy for a chance to try to go to the final. Man, Leland Harding, Harding Academy, they they were ready for Boonville. Yeah, they were definitely ready. They had 316 yards in the first quarter. First quarter. Oh, my goodness. First yeah, quarter. Yeah, it was, um, it, was, um, it was as bad as what the score was, although – uh, you know, Boonville, you know, they, they played such a uh, they play such a run oriented game and they've dominated teams 
doing that, and once they got behind on the yeah, scoreboard, can't pass, yeah, you can't couldn't pass it. Could you know? It's um, so Harding Academy is going for its third straight state championship. That will be the noon game uh, on Saturday at War Memorial. Uh, so before we let, uh, Lynn, before we let you get out of here, also this week, this weekend, starting on Thursday, the Tournament of Champions is back in Fort Smith. It was not played last year because of COVID nineteen, and no. Tournaments were played last year in the state, but this year they are being played, basketball tournaments. So we're glad to see that back in Fort Smith. It'll be played at Fort Smith Southside this year. Got some really, really good girls teams. Glad to see that tournament at back. At the barn? At the barn. Yeah, the oh. barn down south. So that's going on starting uh, starting on Thursday. And uh, we still got a, a one more week of football left, Henry, but basketball is here and they're playing. And conference play starts for the 4A and 3A smaller schools next week, next Friday. Next Friday. You know, with the 4A one, they'll get cranking up. Everybody pretty much can you know get in one conference game before the holiday break, and then we'll see what t- transpires after that. Absolutely. I saw far- the Farmington girls coming off a tournament championship down at Hot Springs. This just in, Farmington girls are pretty good. They're pretty good. They are really good. They're really good. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've got that going on. Uh, also, we want to mention that uh, we lost another coaching legend uh, this week down in Fort Smith. Seems like we've been getting hit down there hard. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Horton, he was the longtime women's basketball coach, first at West Art College. Yep. Where they won a national junior college championship in 1995. And I was there to see that, Ricky, down in Tyler, Texas. Uh, but they won that. And then uh, he guided the program into their uh, into four-year status um, and uh, compiled a nice record there. And he, he retired, walked away uh, in 2016. He said, uh, you know, uh, something, it was a really good quote. He said, when you start thinking about things that happened a long time ago when your focus is not on what's happening now, it's time to walk away. And he walked away, and we, and uh, you know, just a, just a, a sad day in Fort Smith. If you ever had a chance to spend five minutes with Lewis Horton, it's the best five minutes you'd ever spend. Absolutely, yeah, and just a great. And it's five minutes that you'll remember because I guarantee you, he said something that made you laugh. Absolutely, absolutely. Five minutes, and it probably made you laugh within the first minute and a half. One of my most favorite yeah. Lewis Horton stories, and I didn't know him nearly as long as a lot of other people did. One of my favorite stories, Ricky, we in the old West Art gym, the West Art men, Doc. Doc Sadler was coaching the men's team, and uh, they were playing Connor State. Scotty Pippen's nephew was playing for Connor State. Uh-huh. And Doc, this didn't happen. Okay, it happened a lot. He got kicked out. <laughs> he got kicked out of the game. Uh, he was he, you know, he was got got booted. And uh, they looked around the bench, and and they're like, you know, there wasn't anybody really there to take over the team. So back in the in the old West Art gym, his office was at one end of the of the floor. Uh, yes. So Coach Horton comes down after coaching the women's game, comes down, sets on the bench. Okay. Doc is in his office. Horton is turning around on his cell phone. Doc is in his office with the blinds pulled open, talking to Horton on a cell phone, telling Horton what to do, who to put in, whatever. And Horton's trying to hide it from the referee because he's not supposed to do that, right? So anyway, this <laughs> this is going on, and they end up winning the game. I thought you were going to say doing like blinds, like cold. well, he was looking through the blinds and he'd close them, open and close, open and close. <laughs> but anyway, that was that was a real funny story, and and yeah. uh, if you knew Coach Horton, you can multiply that story times about a hundred uh, yes. to come up with it with great stuff. Absolutely, so. there was a girl that the University of Connecticut sent down to him one year just to get a little extra development, and she was six foot six, and and we asked her about uh, about the player. And of course, you know, she was a, a you know developmental type. You yep. know, was 
Claire, and uh, that's why they sent her down here. And he said, you know, one thing about it, every morning when she gets out of bed, she's six foot six. She's still six foot six. There you go. There you go. So uh, just uh, – And Meryl Mankin, too, recently. Yep, and we mentioned mentioned that last week. So just, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the Horton family and anybody that ever was connected for Lewis, to Lewis Horton or played for him, um, I know they're missing their coach today. So, Leland, that'll wrap it up for us for the Prep Rally podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with the Prep Rally podcast, and we'll wrap up the state championship games being played this weekend. Then we'll take about a two-week break, and then we'll we'll come back in January with wall-to-wall basketball. So I'm Chip Sousa for Henry Apple, Rick Fires, and Leland Barclay down in the River Valley. Thanks for listening to Prep Rally podcast. We'll catch you next week. The Prep Rally Podcast is produced and directed by the Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Find us on SoundCloud, Apple, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher.